Welcome to the CRE Marketing Call Meetup with your host, yours truly, Sarah Malcolm of Quiet Valor, Joshua Lyons of Joshua Lyons Marketing, and Linda Day Harrison of The Broker List. And we're so happy to have you all join us today. All right, let's go. The title for today's podcast is What to Know About Publishing a Book. And we have three guests with us. Well, Sarah Malcolm, while she's speaking as one of the panelists, she's not technically a guest as one of the co-founders, but she is one of the panelists for today. And her book, which you'll see uh, if you're looking at the presentation online, viewing the slide deck, you'll see it in a moment, a screenshot of it. But her book is Me, Myself, and My Brand. And she's the co-author of that book. Then Rod Santonissimo, is the author of Knowing Isn't Doing, and that's just one of many books that he has. And then Melissa Swader is the author of One Yellow Brick. And uh, for those of you who are looking at the screen, you can see a picture, a slide of all three of these books and the names of them. Now, I have read Knowing Isn't Doing. I have read One Yellow Brick. I have not read Me, Myself, and My Brand, but that's because it's not out yet, but it's coming soon, and I'm definitely looking forward to putting that into my little Audible library um, or Kindle or whatever it may be. So what we want to hear from you, we are going to be having a Q&A later uh, if possible. However, what we have done is we have actually gone through and come up with some of the most important questions. These are actually questions that I have in my mind because I personally want to publish a book. And I'm going to have to go through the process of finding the right publisher and going through all the various steps. And so with that being said, what are the questions that I have in mind? I, I have written those out and I have shared those with the panelists so that they are completely prepared to answer those questions. And we'll go through all of them as far as we can. Hopefully, we can get through all of them. If you have any questions, go ahead and put them in the chat. And if we're able to get to them, we will before we finish. Um, if we're not able to get to them, then we will follow back with you as best as we are able to after this podcast episode is finished. Now, I'm going to stop sharing my screen so anyone who's looking on doesn't just see my face, but you can actually see the face of those who are speaking, which is a lot more interesting than just being stuck on a slide. So uh, I am looking right now at a, uh, a grid of all these individuals, and Rod and Melissa and Sarah are the guests of honor. <clears throat> and so I'm just going to start off jumping into some questions. Each question will have a fairly brief answer. Um, maybe a couple minutes or so. And definitely, if any of the panelists want to jump in and weigh in on one of the questions, they're definitely welcome to do so. Although rather than asking one question, the same question to three different times to three different panelists, I'm going to do one question per panelist, unless someone else just really wants to jump in. And so, Rod, thank you so much for joining us. I don't think I've seen you uh, on any of our calls in the past over the last few years, but I'm very familiar with you. I've read your book, as I said, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And one of the questions that's come to mind is when someone, like if most of the people on this call are either 
they are a commercial estate broker or they are involved within the commercial estate community in some way. Maybe they're a marketing person for CRE, maybe something else. But the question is with our listeners primarily being brokers or in commercial real estate, the question for you, Rod, is why should a broker write a book? What are your thoughts on that, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. It's always great seeing everyone on this panel, and a lot of my friends and colleagues. But uh, why? The question why is, well, should you? Yeah, you all should write a book. I mean, it's a, it's a powerful presence piece. It's a beautiful thud factor in regards to saying, there's my book, right? It gives you validity, gives you credentials. There's a lot to writing a book. But the question I was asked when I wrote my first book, I had a book coach back then. They said, Rod, why do you want to write a book? And for me, the question, the answer was, I just want to get a way to grow my business. So for a lot of folks on this line, can you grow your business by writing a book? I just spoke to someone yesterday uh, who wrote a recent book, and he shared me that in the last two weeks, he's gotten about $400,000 in commission income from spending about three months in writing a book. Do the math, folks. You know, it's pretty, pretty attractive. So no doubt for the Massimo Group, my first book, Brokers Who Dominate, was a catalyst to our growth. So why write a book? Write a book because it help you grow. That's one of the main reasons you should write a book. Okay, so just for like some rod intel, um, when you wrote your first book, was it primarily because you know, a business development play? Or did you do, like, how, how did that come out? Just out of curiosity, if you don't mind. Well, I, I did, I had this, look, is it ego? I mean, I want to write a book. I want to be an author. What is it that drives us all to write a book? There's got to be some element of you want to become an author. And yes, I want to become an author of a book. Um, I was a syndicated columnist, not quite yet, but I was writing some books. So I said, let's write a book. So that's why I want that little ego thing there, right? But if you're going to write a book, you better understand who's your audience, why are they going to read it, what's the message, and what do you expect out of it? If you expect to make money from your book, think again, folks. It's highly likely not going to happen. It's just not. My last book, Knowing, Knowings and Doing, it became the number one sales book in the freaking country. I couldn't believe it when it launched. It did. Number one sales book in the country. Did I have made any money on that book itself? Probably not, <laughs> but so that's, that's, you know, but will I make money from clients? Sure. So just understand the why for me was, it was a business development play. It always was a business development play for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations on the number one sales book. That is phenomenal. And yeah, even if you don't make money from the book sales, the credibility that right there can indirectly make money um, by giving you a stronger profile. So that makes a lot of sense. Now, Melissa, let me ask you the next question. So in my mind, let's just say I'm a broker and Rod just gave great advice. Yeah, I should do it for the credibility for, for, for establishing my sh myself, the income that can come from that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But what if I'm that brand new CRE broker and I just started my career like last year? Am I at a point where I can write a book? Is, is it a price for me or do I need to get a few more years under my belt before I start writing a book? 
<laughs> I think you kind of answered my question a little bit because I'm going to play the devil's advocate a little bit. Um, I agree with Rod in saying that, you know, when you're writing a book, you have to understand why you're writing a book. And writing a book is not like to become the instant millionaire. Um, that last question, I'm going to be a millionaire. It's not going to happen, y'all. So um, what it is for is for your brand. It is to build the credibility of your business. Um, if you're a new broker, you really have some learning to do yourself. So I would honestly recommend that you get dive into the brokerage and, you know, maybe journal your, you know, your journey, your professional journey. And then when you've gone through all those trials and tribulations and when you've actually failed a few times, you can talk about that because, you know, again, you know, writing a book is not so much about like, you know, being an author. Like for me personally, it was more about, you know, I want, I've been in this business for 20 years and I wanted to share that story. And I wanted to share those roller coaster emotional moments with my readers so they can understand it's not as easy. You know, I'm a blogger, I'm a magazine editor, I'm a writer, but writing a book is a whole different animal. It is a, it is a commitment. It is a thought process. It is a strategy. And if you guys don't have time for that kind of um, commitment, then I would wait until you really have enough content to really push it out there. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you still want your book to be successful. You want it to be received well. You're not going to make millions of dollars on it. You know, we're not J.K. Rowling over here, but, you know, we're certainly, you know, we're certainly putting out valuable content for the people in our industry and for our colleagues. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. So then taking what you just said, Melissa, and then, and then Rob, and then progressing it further, Sarah, let me ask you this. Let's say someone decides, yep, I'm going to write a book. Rod did it. Melissa did it. Hey, I can do it too. Let me do it. Um, how in the world are you supposed to figure out what to write about? And I think it's already kind of been hit on, but can you really nail that down, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to take a step back. It was funny because um, I guest authored in a book called Social Media for Shop, Social, it was called Social Networking for shopping centers. The title alone tells you how long ago that was. And um, I did a book, I, I did uh, two chapters, one on Facebook and one on Twitter, and it was for ICSC. And can I tell you, it was just like, it was intimidating because I'd never, you know, they asked me, you know, can, you know, we're doing this book on social media. And at that time, you know, I was one of the few kind of leading the charge in social media. And, and I was like, absolutely. I was so excited. It was on my bucket list. But I mean, there was zero dollars on my teacher for that opportunity. And I was fine with that. It was just something that I was like, okay, this is, you know, something that I've always wanted to do and I wanted to try. And I was a lot younger then. And so I was like, let me just see if I can do it. And I did it. And it was an awesome experience. It was so smooth. They had it, their you know own publishing company. Like it was so, they had editors. I mean, it was so professional and so just seamless and amazing. So it was interesting to go from that to the book that I co-authored with my, uh, one of my friends, Dahlia Strom and, uh, me, myself and my friends, um, we're going on two years now, um, writing this book. It took a very, very long time really. Cause we were just 
obviously writing it from scratch. It's 183 pages, so it's it's pretty long. And um, I know kind of going back and forth. Also, like things change so fast when you're writing about branding um, that you have to go back by the time you're a chapter 18, we'd have to go back to chapter two and make some, a few updates. So, you know, it was a lot, a lot, a lot of work, but, um, but really it came down to well, what am I going to write about? What do I know? You know, and, and, you know, Dolly and I have this in common that we've been building brands for years and years and years and really just focused on whatever company had hired us at the time, whatever client it was that we're just focused on that client and we completely forgot about ourselves and me more than Dahlia. And so, you know, I, I have made a lot of influencer lists, but it was not a lot of work to do that. It just, I just feel like I was positioned properly at the right time in the right place. But the, um, um, but actually writing a book, you know, was a whole different animal. And we wanted to say, you know what, like it's time. It's funny, the original um, title was called Selfish because the whole idea was it's time to be a little bit of selfish and focus on yourself and building your own brand. But after COVID um, we did a little bit of market research and selfish was not a good idea for a book title. So, um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's all about what do you know? What do you have to offer? What can you give the reader something that they haven't heard before? And, and again, it's just, it's again, what you're knowledgeable at, you know, and, and what, what can you offer the world? So, and, and that could be anything. It doesn't have to be work-related. You can be a, you know, you can know a lot about Yorkies and be like, you know what, I'm going to write a Yorkie book because I feel like I'm an expert at that. So, so what do you answer. know about, and I guess you would say even what do you have a passion about, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, you so, have to have a passion to yeah. write a book. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's a ton of work. You can't just be like, well, I'm going to figure out what the what what it should be about right. or, or what the content right. is i mean you have to know know it to, to put that level of effort again it took us two yep. years to write this book edit it and um you know okay well that that leads perfectly <laughs> two years All right so rod you've written a number of books okay so for the person who says you know what yeah brilliant idea i'm gonna do it let me write a book all right they've come to that decision what should they expect in terms of dedicating hours? How, how much time should they plan on dedicating to the book? Well, it depends on the route they go to get the book written. Um, now, for example, I do know someone that's new in the business that wrote a book. And I know for a fact they didn't write it, right? That, that, that we know. So is it being ghostwritten? Then have some ideas and spend some money and... Maybe you're going to spend 20 to 40 hours, 50 hours, have a book, a book with your name on it. That, that's absolutely feasible. It is. It, it happens every day. Um, but if you want to write your own book or even have a co-author, the first book took me about a year, frankly. My last book took me about almost two years of, of writing because I did it all on my own. And that was a much different approach. So the, 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 to answer that question correctly, you have to figure out, in what capacity are you going to write, in quotations, the book? Um, if you're doing it on your own, you, can you? there are people, I was just on a phone call in the last hour with Jeb Blunt, number one sales uh, trainer in the world, right? And his new book, Virtual um, Selling, New York Times bestselling book. He wrote that in a matter of 90 days. 
He's, he just went to his cabin, closed his door, gone. It's done, right? He could do it. So that's a really wild question to ask how long. You, it's going to be a significant amount of time and effort. And that's something you gotta, you got to analyze. You know, how much time am I going to invest in this, in this document to make it worthwhile? That's, that's the key. So I, I'm curious if I asked you, what marks a successful book? Do you know how many copies you have to sell to make it successful? Do you know the answer to that? I do not know. Guess. Just guess. Well, one side of me says one. <laughs> Someone <laughs> bought it. <laughs> the other side of me is, uh, um, I don't know. I have no idea. What the Believe it or not, is. a successful book is considered successful by scores of, of distributors, everyone I've talked to, 500. That 500. is a successful book. So as, as I believe it was Sarah suggested, if you think you're going to be J.K. Rawlings and sell millions of books, you need to think again. Yeah, right. Yeah, that is very interesting. Yeah, um, Jacqueline Perry said 100,000. <laughs> that sounds reasonable. Uh, 500, man. <laughs> Okay, so it's going to take time. Maybe you can crank it out. Maybe you can knock yourself away in, in a cabin or an attic and write it out in 90 days. Or maybe it's going to take two years. But either way, you're going to be spending time. It takes time. you got to plan on time. It's not like a blog post. You just write it up and you're good to go. It's going to take time. Okay, so I'm curious about from each of you, Melissa, I'll ask you first, then Sarah, then Rod. When it comes to kind of outlining and strategizing the content for you for your book, how do you go through the process of outlining it, figuring it out, coming up with your amazing content? Melissa? Yeah, so for me me personally, I mean, I um this book actually took me about a year and a half to finish. And then it took another couple months for actually to come to, you know, to be available. So there was a long process. Um, but during that process, you know, I, you know, I worked with a, a team of book editors. So I was very, I was very fortunate to, but at the same time, it's a grueling process, y'all. It's like when you think you're like, have this awesome content and then you send it off to your editor and the editor comes back and it's redlined and you're like, what am I doing? Writing a real estate contract or am I writing a book? It's like, you know, it's just, so you're, so you're having to, you know, redo things. And then there's comments, you know, on the sidelines, you know, in the sidebar and why I have to rewrite it. So you know, and then obviously COVID came and when my book was really about to come out in February or March, I was like, this is not good timing. And most of all, the content in my book was, you know, prevalent to, to the society in which the business climate was at the time I was writing it, not the business climate that we were, you know, um, in moving into this COVID. So I actually had to go back and rewrite some of my content. Like Sarah said, you know, by the time she got to chapter 18, she had to go back to chapter two and change out the content. It happens. And, you know, furthermore, I wish I could have said that writing, you know, writing the outline itself takes you know, a few weeks, if not several weeks to go through and figure out 
what kind of information you want to give to your readers. And you still, you're your worst critic as an author. So even you question, okay, is that going to be the best information? Is that going to be, you know, what I want readers to read about, you know, how am I going to go about that outline? So it was several outlines before I finally got to the main Every subject, you know, every chapter, I knew my chapters, you know, then you have to name your chapters and then that's a whole other process because, you know, you know what you want to write about. Now you have to come up with the chapter titles and subtitles. So it's not, it's, um, it's a, it's a very grueling process. And I only speaking from personal experience, I definitely, I run a full-time business you know, I run a magazine, I have my clients to take care of. So when do you find time to write in between all the chaos of the real world that you're living in? It's hard to lock myself up in a cabin, though I would really <laughs> love to do that. Yeah. It's just possible to do that. So you have to really find the time and you have to discipline yourself to commit to that time to actually write the book. And not every day is a day that you're in a in a writer's mood. You know, there's the thing called writer's block. It's real. It is so yeah. real. You start yeah. writing, you're like, did I say that like already in chapter right. whatever? Am I repeating myself? So it is um you do definitely have to, you know, base your content on your expertise and how you're going to convey that to help your readers. Because for me, my book is educational and it's to help people in the process of building, you know, your business through these strategies, through marketing strategies, in which mm -hmm. I've helped other people do it for several years. So this seems like the perfect timing for the book. Yeah. Okay. So definitely a process. And it sounds like it sounds like the editor or the publishers that you use really helped you with that. And aside from just spending a lot of difficult to find the hours to work on it and strategizing it and even the chapters then your the editors helped as well and Sarah what about you and your process of outlining and coming up with the content for your book and organizing yeah. that so thank you so obviously um Dolly and I had an idea of what we wanted to write about right and again that's you know being a little bit more selfish and focusing on yourself because we put so much effort into the companies that we all work for that have hired us. It's still important to, you know, have a brand for you and, and, and people and companies want to hire people with followings. I mean, they do because it only enhances their, their brand as well. So, um, but yeah, so we sat down and we did a brainstorm session. And so we were like, okay, what, what do we want to talk about? Right. We want to talk about being authentic. We definitely want to talk about why it's not selfish to focus on yourself. Right. We want to talk about analytics. We want to talk about your website. Like how does, you know, how does the website, website play a part in your brand? And we just kind of like went through all the, you know, topics that we wanted to discuss. We wrote them down and then we looked at it from like a storytelling perspective. Okay. So how are we going to tell this story? in order where it makes sense from like the start, you know, and then as we work our way through to like wrapping it up at the end and we wanted to make sure it made sense. And, and as we wrote chapters, the, the plan for sure changed. We were like, you know what, this makes sense to be chapter, you know, 17 rather than chapter 15 because it just flows better. And we actually mentioned that, 
you know, this concept in a previous chapter. So it just makes sense to go ahead and move it. So um, again, it's just, it's like anything. You create an outline, you make sure you tell a story within that outline, because otherwise it feels really weird. And um, mm-hmm. and then just start going and, and obviously be flexible. Don't like, because it's in writing, you know, it's okay. You can change it to make it make more sense. Um, Would so. you say that, so really you and Dahlia spent a lot of time just strategizing together and would you say that you've had um, much input or reorganization of the book content from the publisher that you're working with or not so much? So we did not work with a publisher at all. This is 100% okay. us doing everything. Yeah, so I'll talk, I'm sure we're going to talk about publishers yeah. later. So, yeah. um, you know, it was, a, it was a true, like, learning experience, which is why I think it took us so long. I don't feel like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we made a few wrong turns along the way, uh, which yeah. was awesome because I learned a lot, especially for even my clients who are like, hey, I want to write a book. Now I'm like, I got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know exactly yeah. what I'm doing. I know exactly right. what not to do. You know, we got scammed along the way of money, hard cash. You know, someone took our cash and ran. So, like, we definitely learned a lot of lessons, which was great. Like, it was, you know, and definitely every time I, every time I, I mean, I think we all agree that anytime you go out and do something, you have no clue what you're doing. You always get to the finish line and you're a thousand times better at, at, you know, than you were before. I mean, at least for yeah, I think it's great that we have a diversity in how people have gone about publishing their books. Not one size fits all necessarily. Um, everyone that's speaking, each one of you, are, are giving different ways that you've approached uh, your book. And so, Rod, with that segueing back over to you, how how is the process for you outlining and coming up and creating and organizing the content for your book or books? Yeah, I know I spoke earlier about, you know, there's got to be an ego to write a book. But if you write a book based on your ego, you're not going to sell a book. It's just the way it works. You've really got to know what the message is and who the audience is. The book has to be audience centric or it just won't sell. No matter how great the cover might be, sure, they, might, you know, they might buy it. They're not going to read it. And that's not the reason we're all doing this. Right. So my first book, I wanted to write about specifically to brokers and I wanted to write specifically to every broker. So I create three segments of newbies, mid-career and seasoned veterans. And I interviewed scores and scores of brokers to find out what their challenges are, what's going on in their lives, how they're being successful. And that allowed me to outline a message for that community. Now, I also knew, I think I think I knew, and I'm sure not thinking back at it, that, that that message would resonate for years. In fact, that book, that first book, Brokers Who Dominate, has outsold everything I've ever done. I mean, it just continues to sell. Every day it sells because it had a message. My second book, Teens Built to Dominate, I knew it was going to sell less because it's about teens. And I felt we were trending towards teens. Now, I wrote a book about teens being integrated teams, but today we don't have that anymore. We have scalable teams. So while that book was good for a short period of time and a specific niche, again, it it was audience-centric with a message. And that, again, same approach, talk to teams, go out there, do the research, see what's working, what's not, and and then find out the challenges they're having and then address those challenges. That's the value proposition of any book should be addressing the challenges of the audience. So to me, it's always been audience-centric 
find out what's going on. Though I will admit this last book, knowing isn't doing, it was simply, a, I got to the point, I was like, okay, let's share everything we know and let everyone hopefully do better. And so, mm-hmm. but, as, but as the title says, knowing isn't doing, so right. <laughs> not, everyone, not everyone applies what they read. So there you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And actually something that, that I'm picking up on uh, is the storytelling, as Sarah said, or audience-centric, as you just said, Rod, is thinking from your reader's perspective, what are they reading? What will they read next? And how does that lead on throughout the entire book from beginning to end? Making it make sense. Um, and that makes sense. <laughs> so uh, that's very helpful. Now, Let's say I'm the broker, or I'm me, <clears throat> Josh, and I say, you know what? I got an idea. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some work. I need to think through it, come up with my story, like the, the storytelling. Um, how's the audience-centric? All right, let me do this. Oh, wait a minute. It's going to cost money? How much money is it going to cost? Okay, so Melissa, if I'm thinking about this and I'm going to spend money on getting a book going, what? What can I expect in terms of cost, and what are those costs for? Well, I, I I think it's I think it's funny because that's probably one of the most common questions I get is how much did it cost you to publish a book? And and then I say, well, I had some advantages. Not everybody has an advantage, you know. Like you know, you could be paying for your editorial team. You know, if you, I mean, I wrote my book. I'm very proud to say like everything in my book was not ghostwriter. I mean, I don't need a ghostwriter. I am a writer, right? But I had to make sure that, that my book editors also pushed me to the, to that point where I was proud of my work, you know? And, you know, then we talk about the photographers, you know, do you have any incorporated photos or images or anything into your book? You know, you might have to hire some photography, you know, photographers to include some photography in there. Maybe you want some new photos. And then you talk about all the, the illustrations. Who's doing the illustrations for you inside your book? Well, it just so happens I'm a graphic designer. So I had that going for me. And my degrees in photography from ASU. So I have that going for me. So, you know, and then we talk about the book cover. I get asked a lot about the book cover. And I actually did all the photography. I I had laid out all my photography equipment, got it out. Took Those are my shoes. Thank you, Macy's. Those are my heels. And uh, I sent all these these raw images to a designer because I didn't want to be my worst critic on the book design. So I, I let somebody else do that for me. And I'm glad I did because I tried to start this and I was like, okay, I'd rather pay somebody to do that than me to be my worst critic. So I was happy with the results. But I mean, you could be spending, you know, a few thousand dollars just in the book development itself, not to mention, you know, what you might be paying, you know, outside of that, if you're hiring a book marketing company or something, you know, other than that. So you really, um, when people say, I feel like writing a book, I'm like, so how much money do you have? <laughs> because yeah. it's not, for, it's not something you go into thinking that you're not going to spend any money. You definitely need to understand that, you know, if you want to be an author of a valuable book that, you know, provides educational value to your readers, then also know that it's going to cost you a little bit before you get any of that money back. Yeah. So we're talking about easily a few several thousand dollars, if not significantly more, depending on what you're looking for. 
I mean, it could be a few thousand dollars. I don't know, seven thousand dollars. I'd have to question the people I'm hiring. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got. I got to find out who you're working with. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rod shaking cheap. his head going, oh my God. Yeah. No. We so definitely, we're, we're, we obviously, I own a, an advertising agency. So any design is completely free for us. And so, and um, our editor was actually Patty Montagni. Shout out to Patty, who was the head editor of all ICSC publications. She said, Sarah, if you ever, write a book please let me edit it and i will do it for free so i reached out to her and she did it 100 percent for free so um and you know i'll get into the this how we got scammed we lost 700 but that was the only money that we actually spent so far and then obviously the website like but that's just hosting the design was free like mm -hmm. so you know so what about what about the uh, <clears throat> Library of Congress copyright that kind of stuff? Uh, Sarah, do you, like, did you do that? Are you doing that or, or any of Yeah, those? so it's just it's yeah. okay. So full disclosure, I haven't done it yet. And the reason why we haven't done it is because I don't know how much money I'm gonna make on this, and I'm not trying to waste money. If like you know, if we're gonna sell 300 copies. And at the end of the day, if someone wants to rip off this book and publish it, I mean, like, it's it's really, it's not a moneymaker for me. It's more of a, a, a branding opportunity. So, but I mean, that would be, that would just be a lot of work for somebody to do. And so I don't think I'm that important yet um, for someone to come and steal my, my work. But, you know, one day I might. And, and really the first, every author I've ever spoken to, Eric Qualman, I mean, all these huge successful authors that have you know spoken to your first book is just your in right you're not going to make any money off of it it's just like the first thing so right now we don't have plans for copyright but i have copywritten a ton of work in the past i was in music business for years so you know i have a ton of 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 you know copywritten material out there but again it's a cost versus is it worth it does it make sense right now Right now, the answer is no, but we might. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Um, Melissa or Rod, did either of you have anything you wanted to weigh in on that or, or not really? Uh, we haven't done it, but uh, I will tell you, we, we've, I'm, I'm the exact opposite of Melissa and, <laughs> and Sarah in how much I've invested. That's what it is. It's an investment. How much I'll invest in the production of our books. You know, um, I think my last one, Easily, I mean, you look. You, you let's let's list everything. You, people have to understand everything that can go into a book, right? So, just the book itself, you have you have to write the document that has to be formatted, right? It's a formatter. You have to have to edit it. You have to have it proofread. It's not the same thing. It's just not. You have to have a cover, maybe a cover consultant. You right? You have to have graphics. Melissa doesn't need it. She's she's talented. I need it. I'm not. So <laughs> you, you need that element, right? Then you need to figure out, you know, how you're going to print it. There's printing costs. Then how you're going to distribute it. There's distribution costs. And then some soft costs. I had a writing um, distribution coach. I had another coach to help me with the cover. I, I, I overextend. I know this, this is my this is my uh, vice. I guess always investing in coaches. But for me, that that book, my last book, was easily easily 
let's say 30k easily so but it but it was my life's work in you know the last 13 years so i didn't mind that now have i made that back yeah i've made that back already that that's okay but you know just just where you want to go and then you have everything else you got to think about when you publish a book so it's so much involved in it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think you said in your book that you should plan on putting what was it three or four percent of what you make into coach coaches i think oh, it's yeah. something like that easily yeah easily yeah so when you do that and you want to coach for your book you want to coach for your cover you want to coach for 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 whatever yeah i can definitely see how that would add up and so it really coming to me again from the three of you there's a wide variety, a range of what might make sense for you. And if it's your first book just getting started, maybe you skip on some of the stuff. Then later, you've already got your foot in the door, level it up or, or add on the copyrights or something. So, so definitely there are different ways to approach it depending on what makes sense for you. That's what I'm gathering. Now, something that in, uh talked about, kind of mentioned, but not really talked about, is self-publishing versus traditional publishing. Rod, would you mind explaining what in the world that is? Yeah. So, look, you have the whole spectrum. You have the, the one end. Look, I think, I think I saw Lynn put a chat. Could you go out right now, write a Word doc, put it in Grammarly, figure it out, upload it to on-demand printing at Amazon and have a book like that for very little cost? You can that's that's just, that's the rawest form, the rawest form of a self-published book. You could do that. Could you could you still have a self-published book but go through all the editors and formatters like Melissa, Sarah, and I, and thousands of others, hundreds of thousands of have, and put that on Amazon as your book, and and you actually ship the book yourself if you wish out of your out of your living room with your kids' help on this and the shipping labels. Yeah, because I've done that. That was the first book. So that's total self-publishing. Now, the, the issue there is how far are you going to go? You know, besides Amazon, where else is that book going to be, be sold? So that's the limitation of self-publishing. Really, you only have a couple of options. There are online options. Then you have the other end, which is full publishing with national you know, publishing houses. You lose a lot of control a lot of control and you lose really the most important thing control of time go go pitch your document to a publisher and they'll tell you okay we can get this out in 2023 maybe maybe 24 well if your book isn't timeless what you're writing about is not going to matter unless you have again unless you're a jet blunt who's got another idea it's different so the medium is the hybrid publisher and the hybrid publisher is you're gonna do a lot of work on your own but you're going to engage someone to go out and sell that book into bookstores and other online distributors. And so that's what I did for the last book was a hybrid publisher. So now the book's in Barnes and Nobles and a lot of you know boutique bookstores across the country. But that's a different play. Of course, I don't make as much because I had to pay, pay the distributor, I had to pay the distributors some fees. So now I have three hands in the pot and I'm the last one to get my fees back out. So it really depends on think about control and revenue as the two biggest spectrums, as well as maybe a lever of distribution. Those three things are the differences between self-publishing, hybrid publishing, and true, true publishing. 
And Melissa, would it be accurate in saying that you did a hybrid approach? Yeah, actually, I mean, I was, you know, right to self-publishing, you know, I went to Amazon, you know, there's, you know, when we talk about all the uploading, you know, because you have, there's a format that Amazon requires just also, there's a format that Amazon requires. So, and if you don't, if you're not very specific and you don't fill out the right information, it gets rejected. Thankfully, I didn't have to worry about that again because I had a team of book editors and people on my team that did all that for me. And it's a little time consuming. You know, what Rod was saying, I mean, for me personally, I have the opportunity. It's, you know, it's still in the works, but I have, I have a several bookstores here in the Valley that will be, um, you know, featuring my book here. And that was because I went in and I said, Hey, I, you know, I'm the author of this. And then they looked up my name and they said, Holy shit. Sorry, that's what they said because they're looking up to see who Sarah mentioned something. Maybe Rod said it. You know, people want to help, like have a book that has a following. You're an author. If you're just some no name person on the internet and you have no credibility, there's nothing they can look up, you know, to verify your credentials. You're just another author. That's what they're thinking. But when they look up your name and they're like, wow, oh my God, you're everywhere. Of course, we'll have your book in our store. This is awesome. Because that what that means for them, it means profit because, you know, you have a name. My name is my brand. I love I love Sarah's book because I've worked 20 years to build my name to my brand. That is my brand. People know who I am, what I stand for. That's what my book's about, you know, what I stand for. So it's easy to go in. Not many people have time to hire liter literary agents, which for those who may not know, those are basically your Hollywood agent getting you a, you know, a role in a movie, but you know, they're, they're really representing your book and getting it in those bookstores. You know, they're, they're finding those publishers for you. You know, that costs money. So like Rod said, it's, it, it depends on, you know, what you have to invest in that. And there was something else that um, there was a question. I forget who answered that. You do have to have an entity if you're on Amazon to sell your book, or you can just put it under your social security number. I think Rod, myself and Sarah, were all business owners. So, you know, we have entities for that, but you will have, this is obviously you do have to pay taxes on your book sales. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so then, Sarah, I know you said that you hired a publisher, I believe, and that it didn't pan yeah. out. And now you yeah. you haven't hired a replacement publisher. You're just doing it yourself. Is that right? And kind of what's the process? And if you were to hire a publisher, if you did, what would yeah. you be looking at looking for? So, yeah. So, so first of all, going through this process, you do not need a publisher. So this this whole book sales situation reminds me so much of music, the music industry. It's like you used to have to have a record label to get your music out there and be seen, right? Now, you know, if you look at artists, they're like, you know, I'm going to go directly to iTunes or, you know, whatever music streaming service, Spotify, you know, whatever, whatever it is and, you know, and build my brand myself. And because Dolly and I, I mean, that's what we do for a living. We're like, you know, I'm not, we're not trying to share any, you know, money at this point. And also what publisher is going to be like, sure, let me give you a, you know, let me give you some cash. So we're like brand new publishers. Like, so, so we're like, let's do this by ourselves. So we wrote the book 
did everything completely on our own, right? Then, you know, we hired a publishing and it was, we did research online and, you know, suggested to us. Long story short, they, um, you know, we, they actually were like, for $1,000, we'll get you on Kindle, we'll get you on, you know, all of these different outlets and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, negotiated the price down to $699, we'll call it $700. And so they're like, cool. So we started, they started doing work. Um, they were like, we have an editor, we don't need an editor, we already had it. They're like, well, we're going to do it anyway. So we're like, okay, cool, we'll, you know, whatever, whatever you need to do, right? And so we went through that process. And then they completely, in the middle of everything, just completely ghosted us. Like, never returned our calls. I sent probably 15 emails, completely gone. And at the point, I was like, okay, we totally got scammed. So at that point, I was like, I'm not spending any more money. You know, I'm. it doesn't make sense. We're fully capable of using our brains to figure this out. And so... And it was great because it's like, you know, when you go through the steps and you own every single step of the way, you really, truly have so much more control than if you just like give. And I'm, and listen, this is the hard way to do it. It's not the easy way. The easy way is to like, and I fully support the easy way. Let me just say that, like of, of having a team and, you know, because we do that for clients all the time. So like, I mean, I get it, but we were just determined. We we're like, we're fully capable. Let's just go through the process and learn every step. And it's like, Melissa mentioned that there is a format, right? Okay. So we wrote the entire book in Google Docs. Okay. Cause we, we needed something we could collaborate together. Well, next time we write our second book, I'm going to upload the template that Amazon provides us and write the book in that template so I don't have to redo the manuscript because after writing 183 pages I had to go through again and I didn't, it wasn't in the right format so I had to go and redo the entire thing and each chapter different doc and it was just so much extra work that needed to be done so it's like you know the second time around will be much smarter even the cover of the book um, we had to reformat that a little bit. It wasn't to the correct, you know, it was five by eight. Cause that's the size of the book, but you know, it needs to have bleeds. And, and again, that was my bad. I didn't communicate that to the designer properly. So, but again, it's just like you go through the steps, but we are not using a publisher at all besides just Amazon self-publishing. And then I also have a very good friend who's, um, uh, one of the head guys at audible and spoke to him. And he kind of educated me on that process as well, which is, again, I have access to a full recording studio. And so we'll get to that next time. Yeah. Um, okay. So that is, uh, it's really awesome that you can, that you did just do it yourself. And I'm really sorry that you went through the process of getting scanned. I, I know that stinks. Um, you know, it was good learning. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm well, cool. The silver lining, right? <laughs> so now you know. And now we all know. So um, that's very helpful. Definitely something to keep an eye out for those who are going to publish someone, uh, to, to have someone help you with publishing a book. But at the same time, knowing that you can do it yourself, going the hard way, you can do that. So that is really helpful. And then you mentioned... Um, well, actually, so let me 
redirects to the audio question. I have an audio question. And Rod, I actually listened to your book with my ears. I read it with my ears, not with my eyes. Having said that, um, I know you have done an audible book. Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts on, would you say that if you're going to write a book, it definitely needs to be have, have an audio version? Or would you say not necessarily? Or what are your thoughts on that? Well, unless you look for me personally, it's you know someone who speaks for a living. I found the audio book really hard. I, I found it really hard to produce to to speak for that many hours in a studio over several days. It's a lot. It's not say oh, yeah, I have an audio book. Don't that's something you can't blow off. That is a significant effort. A cost as well, by the way. It goes into my book cost, but it's a significant effort. It just is. Um, do you, should you do it? Yeah, because like you said, Josh, you would never have read my book in quotations unless it was on audio. That's a fact. So if you want a national audience, then yeah, you've got to put it in every format, Kindle, Audible, hardcover, soon softcover, you know, all those things have to work. Ebook drips have to work to get out to your audience. I also want to add yeah. that um you know, when I spoke to my contact at Audible, the really cool thing was is it is hard to to record and produce your entire right, your entire book. Um, but Audible has a program where you they have professional voiceovers that um they'll do it for free as long as you share book sales, the Audible book sales. Yeah, but I'll just say I would highly, highly recommend against that. If you're, yes. especially because this audience are brokers trying to create a brand, having someone else share your your ideas and voice, I know. I never would do that. I'm just saying, if if it's something that you don't feel comfortable with, that is an option. Well, and then, go ahead. I was just going to chime in. Um, this is actually my next phase. Is is actually getting into my studio. So where I film my. So y'all are familiar with my podcast show. So where I film my podcast show, they actually have a another recording area for people, you know, for musicians. But that's where I would be, you know, recording my audiobook. And it's what, like Rod said, it's also hours that you have to commit to. You know, it's going to be several in se several segments because you can't read, you know, 10, 10 chapters or whatever, how many word count I finished with. And you know, in a few days within a crazy schedule as well. So again, that's planning, that strategy. It's it's everything that it's going to take it, to get it uploaded again. It's the money that you're paying for your studio hours to do it professionally. And um, but I, I agree with Rod. Um, everybody's asked me if, if I'm going to have somebody do you know read my book and I'm like absolutely not because they definitely can't cuss the same way I can and I know I swear a little bit in my book so <laughs> it might as well come out authentically if it's like Sarah said right um, but I just want people to relate to me as a marketing professional and you know someone who's been in this business for 20 plus years I want them to relate to me and how I tell my story because my book is about my journey with all the marketing strategies or some of the marketing strategies that I've used over the years to help people grow their businesses grow, you know, so I am, um, that's, that's where I stand on that. So get ready. All the audio is coming soon. <laughs> awesome. So we have about five minutes left and I would like to kind of open it up for the three of you. 
we've, we've talked, but you've answered pretty much all the questions that I, I wanted to ask. But I want to give each of you an opportunity to share any other thoughts that you might want to share, something I didn't already ask, but you're itching. You said, man, I just wish Josh would have given me a chance to, to share my insights in this area. Um, I would like to hear that insight that you have. So Sarah, uh, would you mind sharing your insights, followed by Rod, followed by, by Melissa, if you have anything in particular you, you want to add to this? I think Rod had a question in the chat message too. Sorry, okay, sorry, I was on mute, go ahead. Sarah? Um, I was just, yeah, asking for, for your thoughts, like additional advice that you would share that we haven't already covered. Yeah, for yeah, I would, just, yeah. I would just say the number one thing is like, I mean, I feel like, I almost feel like we're like, don't write a book. It's crazy. It costs so much money and so much work. Like, but that's not at all. I think that the key is um, just, it has to be more of a passion project than anything. I think that's the most important part that motivates you. And, and you know, as far as return on investment, I, I think we've all said, you know, we're not going to make millions of dollars. You never know. I mean, listen, Rod, Melissa, myself, we could make a ton of money off this, but most statistically you won't. So there, there keep what your end goal and objective for writing this book is and is um, like, what spell that out. You know, what are you trying to achieve? What's your goal? Is it to promote yourself? Is it to get a job? Is it to be a thought leader? Is it to, build your company like you know from a return on investment that it has to be more in that direction than actual dollars from actual book sales if that makes sense and um okay. yeah i would just say don't be afraid and just um go for it and uh, and if you ever if anyone on this call ever has questions because i've done it from a to z from with zero help um i'm happy to answer questions well yeah, i'm going to to move my question over to Rod and then Melissa, but let me also just say that once we hit, you know, in a few minutes and we're finished, I'm going to go ahead and go through the rest of the slide deck just so we can, you know, finish this out. But I will stay on along with anyone else who wants to stay on to answer any Q&A related questions that are in the chat. Uh, but let me go ahead uh, to Rod. What advice would you share that we haven't already talked about? Yeah, two quick things. Number one, if you're all looking for a great example of a broker book, one of our inactive clients, Bo Beery, B-E-E-R-Y, just put out a new book. And that book's called Multifamily Investors Who Dominate. 100 pages, really easy read, but a perfect example of creating a book professionally that would get him hundreds of thousands of dollars in commissions. It just will. So that would be a great example. Uh, the most important thing, though, is make sure you are authentic over everything else. Um, Josh, when I wrote my first book, I had an author friend read it, and I won't, I'll bleep out the word, though Melissa would appreciate it. I'll bleep out the word he said to me. He said to me, hey, Rod, who are you, effing Fraser Crane? And I didn't, I didn't get it. And Fraser Crane, for those who don't know, was this fictional pompous ass who, who was this thing called Cheers. And I said to him, what do you mean? It's a great book. And he goes, did you try and use every big word you knew? Did you Google big words? What was the essence of your book? So I actually had to rewrite my first book because I did. The first book wasn't me. The first book was like, man, I'm really smart. I'm an author. And I was totally off base. So then I rewrote it, you know, on his suggestion. And it was a hit. It was. So I learned my lesson. Look, just be yourself. And if they don't like you, too bad. Be yourself. That's very helpful. 
Yeah, I remember you saying that story before too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I agree with that, what Rod and Sarah both said. I mean, authenticity goes a long way. And, you know, you never want to be someone you're not. And I say this in my book, you know, I have chapters about authentic, you know, people and lack of authenticity. And I address this in my book, actually. So, um, you know, you can't brand yourself if you're not being true to who you are. And, you know, when, you know, you can pretend to be all those people on social media and in your book, but in real person, when you actually get to shake their hand in real life, they want to know the person that they listen to in that audio book. They want to know who they read about in that book. And they're like, wow, Rod and Sarah, they're exactly, Melissa, they're exactly who they are in their book. They, they speak the same. They talk the same way. That's the most important thing. And as, as Sarah says, you know, don't let the, the monetary, you know, um, you know, just discourage you in any way if you really want to write a book if you are really passionate about something then just make sure that you plan it out plan ahead be strategic about it make sure you build up your following too because it, it's the following it's my social media following who have who have got to know me over the years that have been so supportive and people that that are in business that have purchased the book so if you don't have a a good brand behind your name and you're not seen as a credible and authentic professional in your expert field, then likely you're more than likely not going to, as I would say, be successful and sell those books. I've been fortunate enough to surpass that completely. Thank you to all my peoples. You know, one of my chapters is no pride. So if you, you know, do not have the people who are encouraging and support you and, you know, that, that praise you and celebrate your successes, then no, those are not your people. So find the people that are going to support you in everything you do. Yep, and you talk about that in your book as well. <laughs> so yes, well, thank you. I gotta say, I am really, really, really thrilled for this panelist and for this topic. I think it's a fantastic topic, and I want to thank the three of you for sharing your insights. And again, we will have a Q and A for those who are available to stay uh, after these closing slides. But the slide that I'm sharing on the screen right now, for those who can see the screen, uh, there's a happy hour on Clubhouse for the CRE community. So be sure to join us this Friday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for that happy hour. And it has a lot of fun and there's a lot of banter. And um, yeah, so definitely be there if you can. Also check out our podcast. We have turned some of our uh, amazing CRE marketing calls from 2020 and going forward into a podcast. And we are super excited to know that all of you are now part of it. You can all listen to these podcast episodes we hope that you ask some great questions or offer some suggestions that not only our attendees can learn from but our podcast audience too and we will post our podcast links in the chat or you can find us on spotify or apple podcasts and thank you very much again our next call is may 25th at uh, 2 p.m eastern time and that's always the last tuesday of the month and so for those, and I'm going to stop sharing my screen, but for anyone who would like to stay on for a little bit longer to answer some of these chat questions, um, that is available. If anyone needs to run, especially panelists, definitely, you know, respect your time. So you got to go, you got to go. But um, 
Linda or Nuance, does anyone have a list of the questions or, or questions that should be addressed first? Hi, everybody. Well, I can I can tell you the, the comments. Deborah Hazel has been involved in writing. She said that she did three books for ICSC and earned next to nothing. But she said she learned a lot about the process. And Jackie, Jackie Perry has has asked some questions, which we answered. Should you set up set up an entity when writing a book? It seems like people say yes to that. Um. And then she said, I'm told I would have to show a profit before writing off expenses. I don't know how to answer that question. I would, I guess it's just like any business. No, why? Why? I mean, if you're writing under your company, all my books are under Massimo. So I don't have to show a profit or expense. It is what it is. Right. That's what I would think, too. And then uh, let's see what else we got. If I had any other questions, Lynn Drake said that she used Fiverr for her cover proofreading and ads and paid a printing company to type it. That was from Lynn Drake. I know Lynn's still on the call. So if she wants to jump in, she can. Then let's see if there was any other questions. Uh, there was a question for Rod if um, about giving away books. Do you get your own books and at discounted rates? I think I, you can answer does, that. Uh, does, does my distributor give me books for free? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. But, Lynn but said, I, but I did negotiate. I did negotiate. Look, like Sarah said, right? Everything's negotiable. We did negotiate a certain number of free books, obviously. Um, from that side. But yeah, after a certain threshold, you're buying your books. You are. Yeah, I have to buy my books at a discount to give the, I, I pay at cost and then I give those away. So, you know, I mean, Arizona is barely opening up now, but, you know, at the few events that I have, you know, gone to, I have brought my book, um, you know, because you never know if someone's going to bring it up. And I'm like, oh, I just happen to have a copy in my purse. And then I'm like, okay. <laughs> Square, okay, let's go ahead and charge that credit card. So, you know, there's always selling opportunities. So, buy your books. Always, you have to sell your books. And if you're at events and you partner up with people like locally, you can definitely bring your books and do book signings and sell your, your books, you know, to, you know, physically while you're there. So, there are other opportunities besides Amazon and the bookstore to sell your books. Hey, Josh, I'm going to run. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, Ron. So thank, thank you, everybody. You. Thank you, Josh, Melissa, Lynn, Deb, all the Jackie, all the contributors. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today and being a part of our CRE Marketing community. Follow us at CRE Marketing underscore on Twitter for updates. See you next time.